This is the Church Planning Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Every week we sit down with leaders who are shaping church planning efforts. Here's your host, Josh Taransky and Clint Clifton. Hey, welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. My name is Josh Taransky, and I'm joined by Clint Clifton. Clint. What's up, Josh? How's it going? How you doing? Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm thinking about Chumbawamba today. Chumbawamba? What? Is that you know like that a... Is? No, is that like a candy or... <laughs> Chumbawamba is a band, man. A band. Oh. I thought you were cooler than that. Are, are, they, a... are they like a Christian band? Sounds like no, Christian Josh. Band. Josh, stop it. Chumbawamba is a British band, and they're like a politically active group of folks, and they um, they have this uh, really really famous song that every one of you have heard. It goes like this. Oh yeah, okay, I totally. All right, so that's Chumbawamba. Okay, so why that's in the Chumbawamba. world are you thinking about that? Well, I'm thinking about them because I heard this story about them this week, and it's just it, it just has really been rocking my world in, in, in terms of thinking about church planting. So basically the story goes like this. Uh, Chumbawamba started because um, there was a guy, and he was really passionate about these political ideals, and he was a bit of an anarchist. And so he, he thought, um, I'm just going to – I'm going to – going to start a band. So he, he found this like old Victorian mansion that was abandoned. Nobody lived in, and he essentially became a squatter. He, he moved into the mansion and he started inviting, you know, spreading his political ideals and inviting people to come live with him and start this band and live in this house all together. It's, it's, it's this crazy thing, right? So they do this and he wants to get this political agenda across. And so he does what anarchists do and they, they do this kind of music that's like, you know, anarch- what you would imagine an anarchist listening to, you know, totally. like screaming in microphones and, you know, heavy metal guitars and it's kind of like screamo, you know, type of music. And uh, so they, they decide somewhere along the way, though, that their political message isn't getting out there. So they mm-hmm. do um, what would be like crazy to most of us. And they actually decide that they probably need to make the make music that's a little bit more pop friendly. And so they totally change their genre of music and they come up with this uh, this political anthem, which is the song that we all know there. Hmm. And uh, and that became their segue into being able to talk about their political ideals. And you're like, you're probably thinking, what does this have to do with church planting at all? Do you see the connection, Josh? Kind of how they're like in this place where they want to communicate something that's uh, their message, but yeah. nobody's willing to listen. That right. part I can relate to sometimes as a planter. Yeah, they're not willing to listen, though, because of the package that it's delivered in. Like most most Americans are not going to listen to Screamo. Or these are actually Brits. Most Brits are not going to listen to Screamo. Um, they're not going to listen to like heavy metal punk music. It has totally. like no melodic distinction at all. Like so. Yeah, so they decided that they're going to actually change the art form. They're going to change the genre, which for us, that would be like changing our ministry methodology. Mm. You know, it'd be like going from, you know, one ministry approach to another ministry approach. And and for most of us, those things, our ministry methodologies are really personal. And they're really close, and they're not something that are up for debate 
debate. We're not willing to consider changing them in order to get the message across. Yeah, man, that's such a that is a huge, huge principle. I'm so glad you're thinking about Chumbawamba. <laughs> that's that's a crazy, uh, crazy parallel. But really, like you're not going to get off the ground unless you unless you're able to. I you know the word that that um, oftentimes tech companies will use is pivot. You know, sometimes you run into a wall and you've just got to make a pivot, and that is yeah. that is the reality of church planting. So so much yeah i always when i'm talking to church planners and they say like uh, what do you, you know what's the best advice you can give for somebody to be a successful church planner and i say like well the only only way that you can assure that you won't be a failure at church planting is to refuse to quit you know i mean it's like when you run into a difficulty a barrier a problem your goal is to get the message of the gospel to the lost people in your community when you run into a barrier or problem a, a pivot is necessary. You've got to make a change. You've got to make a little bit of a shift. But I see far too many pastors like mm. resting on their methodology and their ideals about the way ministry should be conducted and refusing to do anything to make a change. Um, and just they're essentially choosing their methodology over their theology. They're saying we don't care if our theology gets to the people that really need it. Uh, because we're not willing to deliver it in a in, in a different vehicle, mm. yeah. Man, that's just seems, really good. Just seems generally unwise for people who set out to be a missionary. You know, reading a book that uh, you know was written by a guy who said, "I become all things to all people that by all means I might win some." You know. Yeah, yeah. It reminds yeah. me of Hudson Taylor being willing to dress like the people in inland China. Yeah. You know, being willing to look and try to take on that Chinese feel so that he could reach more people. So. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so that's a segue into a into an episode where we're going to talk uh, with uh, a mayor. Mayor, a mayor. This is Mayor Kevin Brown. So you got to sit down with him for an interview. You've known him for a while, um, and there's a number of different things that you spoke about. Um, what are we going to hear about first? Yeah. So uh, the first thing we did that I think was pretty interesting, and we'll just start off with this, is that Kevin and I. Um, played this little game and the game was like, hey, essentially what um, what would make uh, you happy as a mayor if a pastor came to you and said this or offered this? And I threw out a few things. And uh, so let's just listen to Kevin's comments about, about about what would work and what wouldn't work or what he'd like and what he wouldn't like. And he's going to rank them on a scale of one to ten. Uh, one being I don't want you to do that. That's not a good idea. Ten being that's the best idea I've ever heard a pastor tell me. So let's just play a little game here. I let me tell you something I would do for the town as a pastor, and you tell me on a scale of one to ten. Just I want it, I don't want it. Okay. All right. Um, you don't have any schools in your town. Uh, no, they go to uh, yeah, we have schools. Okay. Well, I well, this one's a little bit hypothetical then, but I just heard of a church who paid off the lunch debt for all the kids in their their school hmm. at the end of the year uh so as a christian former pastor and current mayor i would say uh that sounds wonderful yeah but you're creating kind of a reoccurring expectation <laughs> <laughs> so knowing how things seem to work you're enabling bad behavior <laughs> or just uh you know you're meeting a need probably for some so a scale of one to ten you want us to do that or not I would say that would probably be in the 
three range. Okay. All right. You're holding an event, let's say a 4th of July fireworks display, mm -hmm. and I call you and say, Mayor, I want to provide a bunch of volunteers for your event. Scale 1 to 10. A 10. 10. Okay. All right. You are um, you're having um, uh, trouble with uh, teen... What do you call shenanigans? I don't like know. Vagrancy. Vagrancy, yeah, in the community. Maybe they're spray painting, drug activity, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I call you and say, Mayor, our church wants to set up an after-school program uh, focused on teenagers. Scale one to ten. Eight. Eight, okay. And it's not going to cost the town anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there would be some questions. S assuming it's not going to cost What space you're using and how much is it going to cost the town and Okay. Um, I want to have an outdoor movie. I want to set up on your lawn and, and at the municipal park and have an outdoor movie, play a Disney film, and give away popcorn in a summer evening. Probably seven or eight. Okay. All right. And then um, I want to have the members of my church um, on call and some budget set aside for any special thing that you need that you can just call on us and say, hey, we really need somebody to blank and we don't have a fund for that and we don't have personnel for that. Could you handle it? We just give you kind of like, hey, we've got 4,000 bucks in a checking account and five people are on standby ready to do whatever you need. I would... I would say sure. I would take that. You know, I, uh, probably you know, eight, eight or nine. I, I, now that you say that, we get a lot of um, a lot of instances. You know, handful six six a year or so, where someone has a death in the family, uh, gets um, you know in a bad car accident. There's a health concern, yeah. and folks come to the town, almost like it's like a, they're expecting it to respond like a church. Like oh. You know, the Smiths had a horrible car accident. Can the town help them with the car payment or, you know, help them get them fixed? And wow. So to have a, a local church say, you know, hey, when you have something like that, like a no kidding legitimate yeah, catastrophic or unusual event, please have them call us and we'll, we'll talk to them and we'll vet that situation mm -hmm. would be super helpful. Yeah. What about if a pastor called and said, uh, I'm willing to be a volunteer chaplain for the town. I don't know how to answer that. I don't yeah. even know if that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard about that, so I, I don't know. Um, well, just but, to generally say, like, if you yeah. if you have, you know, a, a citizen who has something who hard going on yeah. or they're hospitalized or whatever. Needs counseling or advice yeah. or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably a, a six or seven. Okay. You have to kind of think through how to handle that. Okay. I, I would say that one of one of the concerns is kind of the commitment, and not that I expect or I think someone would expect. Oh, we're in in it all the way, in it to win it. Kind of, yeah. we're here for ten years or five years, but there seems to be a lot of transient church ministry type of things. Like yeah. They come like they'll come in put out flyers, put out things on cars, do door knocking, and then 
not like the return on investment almost yeah. and then not come back. Yeah. And I think the town has many, I've noticed even with me when I came, uh, that it takes months to even years to not be the new guy, to not be oh, that church that yeah. came to town that thinks it's going to do this thing, that it's almost, um, I don't know what the term I'm looking for, but you have to not pay your dues, but yeah. people... I think are they want to see like that you're that you're going to be here genuine yeah. yeah that you're not just kind of coming to you mm-hmm. know for your own yeah. kind of purposes or whatever yeah yeah okay man that's great feedback what an invaluable thing to be able to hear from a mayor like yeah that connects or now nah, that's not a great idea um Man, uh, no, having been around the church for a while, so many things that the church does can be tone deaf to the local community. So I'm glad you did that. That yeah. really was good. Yeah, I was struck when talking to Kevin by how much he um, he was just candid about the fact that being a mayor or serving in a civic you know role like that is a pretty thankless job. There's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of positive feedback he gets. You can imagine if you're, you know, leading a town like that, or even in your own community, like nobody loves, nobody loves the HOA director. Nobody <laughs> loves the no. mayor. You know, these are, these are positions where you're necessarily dealing with all the problems. And so that's, there's a huge lesson in, in that for us as pastors, if we want to, uh, if we want to make friends with these guys and gals who are leading our communities, We've got to go to them in gratitude. We got to start uh, from a place that says we appreciate what you do. We we recognize that you probably got into this because you love people and you love our community, and um, and not starting off as the rest of our society, kind of assuming the worst. You know. Yeah, and that's really isn't that true? That is such such a valid point. And yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be sorry if you don't take that to heart. Yeah, it's like our posture, our demeanor toward them needs to be, you know, a really, really kind one. So, yeah, Kevin and I talked a little bit about events and things that are going on in the community. And a lot of church planners I see have the impulse to um, create something from scratch, you know, like start something brand new in their community and own it 100 percent. Um, but you may find greater success in your community by associating with town leadership or coordinating with town leadership. Uh, on existing community events and functions so that you're not competing with the town. So instead of creating alternative ones to, to, to approach the town and say, how can we help you make your event better? How can our church play a meaningful substantive role in mm. offering this event or that event? Yeah. And you guys talk, let's listen in on that uh, conversation. Yeah. So we are in the town of Quantico town office, municipal office. It's uh, the listeners imagining it's a, huge complex uh it is not yeah it's uh, uh probably about a total of 600 square feet so, yeah yeah, we're yeah. small town small office yeah it's a small town but it's in northern virginia which is a very populous place uh we uh yeah it's a busy area a lot of traffic a lot of people yeah well, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because this is the church planting podcast and the people that listen to this podcast are most of them either currently planting churches in a serial kind of ongoing way. They're planting lots of churches in, in a place or they're planting one church um, or they're aspiring church planters or somebody who's interested in planting a church in the future. And 
So would you start off by just telling us what motivated you to um, run for mayor in the first place? Sure. Uh, so uh, we, I moved to town. I was still in the Marine Corps at the time. So the first year that we were here, I was in the Marine Corps um, and uh, just started going to the town meetings, just trying to be involved in the community. Yeah. Like I said, we came to um, one for the, just not just more space, but kind of a heart for the town. And um, just it was very uh, evident pretty quickly that mm -hmm. um, I tell everyone uh, everything you've ever seen in the funny papers, sitcoms, television shows, jokes uh, about small towns and small town politics, that uh, it's all 100% true. Yeah. It was just kind of um, just felt like it wasn't being run run rightly and uh, and like the motives of a lot of the things that were going on weren't, uh, weren't right and I didn't feel they were like uh, very honorable. So I just felt like I... You wanted to get involved. involved. Yeah, it was never kind of a high school student body president or any of that. <laughs> any of that. It was just kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it was because you didn't have anything else better to do. Like you're not you're not busy at all with ten kids or anything like that. I, I that was the second thing. You know, why are you moving to Q Town? Uh, they call it Q Town, but why are you moving to Quantico? And what in the world are you trying to be? You know, mayor or town councilman? Yeah. You know, before that, yeah. Yeah, and in a place like Quantico, being the mayor isn't a full time isn't a full time job, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Got out of the Marine Corps in 2005, was a, a government contractor for about 10 years, um, and then for the last five years I've worked for the federal government yeah. on, on base, which is pretty convenient. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, first couple of years were very intense, mm -hmm. a lot of time taken off from work to be fixing things, uh, but it's uh, I joke with people and say that it's more like a nights and weekends kind of thing now. Yeah. Um, and to give us a scope of the other like town employees, who else is who else works for the town? Is there a police department, and uh, fire we, department? And yeah, we we do we have um, we do have uh, so we have um, a town not not a whole bunch of employees. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, to put that in perspective for someone who has it doesn't know Q Town uh, or Quantico to kind of uh, map that out for them. But uh, so uh, there's uh, I'm. You know, there's me. I'm the mayor. There's the then we have a town council is the mm -hmm. other form, uh, body of government in town. It's five persons. Um, we uh, we don't have any courts or anything. We use the county for that. And then we have a full time treasurer, mm -hmm. a full time town clerk, uh, a part time police officer, and then we uh, kind of contract out our our legals and uh, our accounting services mm -hmm. are contracted out. So it's very very small. We have a couple parking enforcement officers but it's really only a handful of yeah handful of folks so. okay so if you're going to be a criminal in this town you just have to schedule it when the when the cops off <laughs> yeah well the county the county is kind of the overarching coverage but uh, gotcha. yeah, we we get a lot of uh yeah <laughs> get a lot of uh criticism <laughs> on having a uh, one and a you know one and a half police officers or yeah <laughs> So. All right. So, um, so you know the church world pretty well. You've been walking with the Lord for a long time. You've seen the inside of church ministry. You've served mm -hmm. pastorally in, a, uh, in this town uh, before you were mayor. You were pastoring a church here. So, uh, well, in some ways, it, it's not terribly different than pastoring. Um, there's the, <laughs> there's a, you know, uh, you're the person at the at the helm and the person that people are looking to for leadership and guidance. And not everybody's always happy with the way things are going. So in terms of, I mean, I, th I don't think most pastors, I mean, I think of myself as a pastor, I don't really know exactly what my mayor's up to. 
I don't know what he's uh, what his job is exactly. I mean, no, generally he's supposed to run the town, but as a civilian in that town, a citizen in that town, I don't I don't know sort of what he's doing day to day. So what's a yeah. what's a mayor doing day to day? Yeah. So here, um, uh, it gets a little technical because some mayors are just kind of uh, the chief. Uh, kind of the chairman of the board of say like a homeowners association when you'd have a chairman and some places depending on the codes and, mm. and the ordinances some mayors are just kind of like the figurehead the person who you know opens the meetings manages the meetings mm. and goes to parades and that kind of thing um, then there's other uh, situations where the mayors are um, kind of the uh, operations officers kind of the town managers and mm. that's what we have here mm. so um, uh, you know, if a church planner was going into, you know, a municipality where there was a mayor, um, in some cases, kind of the town manager might be the, the, the person m- really the to get to know, pers- yeah. you know, the, you know, the more appropriate person to kind of sync up with mm-hmm. and establish a relationship with. Um, but here I'm kind of that person, mm-hmm. both of those people, uh, both of those roles. Yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of making sure that, uh, you know, the employees are, um, uh, just kind of all the things, the functions of the town are the are the services. Is the police doing the police mm-hmm. business well? Uh, are, are the bills being paid? Is the taxes mm-hmm. being collected? Are um, you know the stores and the town residents kind of abiding by the ordinances mm-hmm. and just kind of interacting with uh, uh, just? It's really I look at it as it's kind of like running a company. So all yeah. the things that make the wheels turn and the lights mm-hmm. stay on in town is kind of what we deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I mean, I, that highlights a point. You know, mm-hmm. I think especially in a place like that, you would be tempted to think like our civic leaders are out of touch. They're like too far away. They're untouchable. And mm-hmm. yeah, they're busy for sure. They're hard to get in touch with. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to hear from you. And that it certainly doesn't mean that you shouldn't make an effort to communicate with them. Uh, that you want to be a church that you know um, recognizes the shared priorities that you have and the city has. And you do have some shared priorities. Like off the top of your head, Josh, what are some shared priorities between a gospel-loving church and a city? Well, homelessness is one. I mean, we care about people's just the their basic needs, food, clothing, um, homelessness. We care about the youth and um, that they're being uh, cared for, that they're in um, a good environment, safety. Um, there's a number of things that, like yeah, education are, that we care about yeah. as Christians, um, not yeah. maybe central to the church's mission, but uh, you know, as a, as a Christian, it's a shared value that overlaps with a government official. Yeah, and it, so it's. I think some pastors and planters might think it would be a compromise to highlight that those shared values and to lean into those shared values in your relationship with your civic authorities. And I don't think so at all. It seems like. Um, Christian prudent, you know, it seems like basic, something we would want to be. The alternative is that you do nothing except for speaks, you know, negatively or slanderously about the, the, the civic authorities and become position yourself inadvertently as an adversary to, to them. Yeah. And I would even go further to say that pretending that you have to agree with somebody in order to act kindly to them mm. um, or speak benevolently about them is is just not true. I mean, you, you don't have to agree with somebody and their political points of view to act like a Christian. Yeah. It reminds me, Josh, after the list of the fruits of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, um, uh, Paul says against such things, there is no law. There's no law against loving people. There's mm. no law against being kind and self-controlled, you know, we might think 
oh, we can't do that because like there's a, you know, political rift or, or separation of church and state. There's no law. There's never been a law against be acting like a Christian, being a kind person, being gentle in spirit, being benevolent. And those are things that actually win us audience, win us favor for the sake of Christ. And so I think it's just, it's just, it's, it's not just prudent and like pragmatically wise, but it's actually commanded. Mm. Mm. Man, that's great. That's a great point. I'd never thought about that verse in that way, but it's a great, it, it really applies in this setting. Yeah. 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 It's almost like, I mean, if Paul were saying it in our modern context, he makes, he's it's, it'd be like, he's saying, you're not going to get in trouble for being nice. Um, mm. you know, there's, <laughs> there's no rule against being nice. Uh, it was like somehow we've interpreted like standing on our principles and ideals to mean we have to be angry and, um, Whoa, that's and, a good point right there. That's totally true. That's that, that's yeah. that's that's what the politicalization of everything is is hate thy enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like shock, you know, it's like it's like um I'm you know, I'm gonna be shocked at, at the audacity you might have yep. to say this thing or do that thing instead of interacting with the actual idea. So anyway, hopefully we can not take our national leaders as examples on this and we can, in our mm-hmm. local communities, we can rewrite a narrative a little bit yep. in the way we interact with um, those who are leading our community, recognizing that they're probably getting a ton of negative feedback all the time. And we might just have the opportunity to be light in the darkness of that um, kind of issue, you know? Um, so yeah, Kevin mentions that here when he talks about the job of a mayor being uh, a pretty thankless job. So let's listen to that. So when, when we were talking just a minute ago, you said we were talking about the, you know, the motives for doing it. Maybe they're, you know, ultimately a, a pastor's job is to, you know, take care of his flock, shepherd his people, but also reach others with the gospel. You understand mm-hmm. that you're, sure. You know, you're a Christian as well. You want people to come to faith in Jesus, all of that. But in your role as mayor, help us to understand what the problem is with being, um, you know, being a a mayor who's giving advantages to churches above other organizations. Uh, Yeah, so we, I mean, even in our small town, I've been mayor about seven years. I've seen... Uh, kind of a couple iterations of folks coming to town, mm-hmm. uh, churches coming to town, you know, handing out flyers. Hey, we're going to establish a bus service, um, and then they, you know, that's like a two-week advertising kind of <laughs> recruitment thing, and then it goes away, yeah. and it never kind of grows into anything. Uh, we've had folks come into town that um, kind of want the the town to partner with the church in an activity um, with funds or with yeah. endorsements or whatever and um you know that's that gets into a weird legal space where yeah. you you know with uh yeah we just it just doesn't work so well when you're when it's kind of the town and the church kind of really partnered you know like the town promoting the churches you know this is the place to go for these things or mm-hmm. these are our kind of the one we chose to do this thing or whatever yeah so. but churches they i know our church has wrestled with this too we we want to do something in the community to interact with the community to be a blessing to the community you know something that puts us in proximity relationship interaction with people in the community we can either do that on our own we set up our sort of own event and we ask others to endorse or participate Mm -hmm. in our event 
or in more recent years, we've kind of ditched that altogether. We're not doing that at all. We're instead looking for events that are already happening in our community and trying to play meaningful roles in those. Mm-hmm. And uh, which uh, for a church to come in and, and sort of own an event and do something, an event or a program, um, do you prefer that or do you prefer somebody to come in and seek for a way to forge a partnership you know, with the town to pull off a service or an event for the town? You know, I th- I think I think there's probably opportunities on on both of those. Yeah, uh, we don't have a whole bunch of uh, kind of standing events. You know, we have a very small. We like I said, we run a very lean kind of operation. So for us, it would be kind of coming in with a you know with an idea with something meeting a need. You know, mm-hmm. maybe getting some feedback from them, from me or from our staff on what might be helpful, what we think will or will not work. Um, but I know that you guys have done some stuff in the other surrounding communities that. Yeah. Um, you know that you, you're there doing the heavy lifting, doing the serving. People know who's doing it, but it's not kind of you know uh, it's someone else's event that you're just kind of doing the support for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that also has benefits because people you know then kind of recognize you know who is Pillar Church or who is you know, yeah yeah they kind of uh, the ones that would be interested in engaging. Or you know, either looking new to the area, looking for a church, or you know, wondering why you would be doing it. I think kind of then or leaning into you, mm-hmm. so which would probably be. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, I think the kind of the older community, you know, elderly folks, or you know, um, uh, you know, shut-ins, folks mm-hmm. that don't have a lot of family. Uh, I think, uh, and the, both of those seem kind of very cliche. You know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, but I, I think those are probably the the two main opportunities mm-hmm. to to kind of those are the two groups of people at least in our town that I think are probably underserved. Okay, those are some great points um, that Mayor Kevin Brown is making. Um, man, I'm really glad you had this conversation. This is the first mayor we've had on the uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, it, I just I, as a way of signing out, let me just say that this week our church. Uh, the church that I planted and I'm an elder in, uh, we won the Religious um, Institution of the Year Award in our community. And there's going to be a ceremony where they're going to give us a thing and, wow. you know, there'll be something written up about it or whatever. And I just think, like, this attitude uh, over t- led to this kind of response from our town. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, so I just think there's something really to be gained by having a positive demeanor and interacting with your civic authorities regularly. Hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Clint. Hey, Clint, do you know what causes people to find a podcast in the store when they do a search? No. It's the reviews. If people give reviews and stars, that is, that's one of the most important things. So what you're saying is there could be some person in Arizona who is feeling God calling them to plant a church. Yeah. And they go to iTunes thinking, I wonder if there's a church planting podcast. And that's they what type I would in do. Church planting podcast, which is in fact the name of our podcast. Yes. And our podcast doesn't show up first because there aren't enough reviews. It's sad. That's it's sad. really sad. I mean, to think about that, they're probably going to get some some other podcast yeah. inferior podcast and this is free it's free. this is free it's totally free all they can uh, you just go in and help us out leave help a review out. yeah thanks 
We will not. We will not do a shareathon like the Christian radio does. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna browbeat you. We're not gonna. We're not gonna ask for anything from you except for just write down words. Even if you write down about how you don't like us, that's fine. Yeah, uh, we have uh, terrible radio faces. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Church Planning Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode of the Church Planting Podcast is sponsored by New City Network, the church planting ministry of McLean Bible. A special thanks to today's guest, Mayor Kevin Brown. Josh Taransky produced today's show. Zuki Bastiane was our showrunner, and her husband Nick was our editor. Thanks to Hudson Taransky and Marvin Moore, who provided administrative and web support for the program. And last but not least, thanks to you for listening all the way through to the very end of the Church Planting Podcast. Hey, if you'd like more information about the show, feel free to visit our website, www.churchplantingpodcast.org. There, you can find all of our past episodes, as well as notes and links from today's show. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so make sure to check us out on the social. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Church Planting Podcast.